Good morning, and welcome to Inspirational Worship at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church, where all are welcome. As always, we welcome you to worship with us in person at 8.15, 9.30, or 11 a.m. at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church. In fact, it's not too late for you to join us today. We are located at the corner of Northwest Highway and Inwood Road at 9200 Inwood Road, Dallas, Texas. So won't you come and join us today? You would honor us with your presence. But for now, let's enjoy this message together with Senior Pastor Dr. Stan Copeland. Today we're concluding our sermon series we entitled Unmentionables. And today the topic is going to be fear. And I was thinking about how you preach on fear, about facing our fears, and um, I decided to hold my tongue and say facing our fears, and it came out facing our fears. That's not really true. But I did want to preach a sermon about how important it is for us to faith our fears, to address our fears with faith, or as I've used a word that's not really a word, faithing our fears. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're people of faith, and there are different measures of fear that we are called to recognize and also acknowledge. So the lead questions today are these. How does our faith make a difference in how we deal with fear? And how do we faith our fears? And how can we use our present fears um, and allow God to make those fears into something good? You know, we need to say up front, however, that fear can really poison our lives with anxiety or can begin um, a new wave of wisdom, which is a real positive. Now, I want to challenge us today just as Jesus uh, challenged the disciples in this text we're about to read, that as we face a world that sometimes can be cruel and oftentimes can be divisive, and in so being can create all kinds of anxiety and fear, how do we stand on God's promises today brought to us by Jesus and faith those fears? Let's turn in our Bibles to the 10th chapter of Matthew, beginning with the 27th verse. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you have whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. Do not be afraid. You are more value. You are of more value than many sparrows. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. 
Today I want um, to speak to us about this topic of fear in light of the scripture that we'll be referring to throughout uh, the message. But I want to make some key points, about four or so, that I think that um, hope we can take forward with us in how we address something that we all know about, and that is fear. I want to say first this morning that it's, in, in, it's important for us to share our fears. Let me say a word about what that means, to share our fears. To first share those fears with God, and then share those fears to those whom we trust in confidence. You know, there was an invocation in the order of Sunday school that used to be in our uh, order of worship. Some of you may remember when Sunday school was an institution in and of itself, you know, within the church. You had Sunday school superintendents. Do you remember these days? And, and oftentimes adult Sunday school classes would start with a prayer. And the United Methodist, of course, we have a prayer for everything. And there was a prayer for Sunday school. And it went like this. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sharing our fears reminds us that, that we don't hide anything from God. And it's important for us to see that God is a God of full disclosure. The Apostle John said, The light is shining in the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. Sooner or later, the things that, uh, that we hide, we know will come to light. And Jesus is preparing his disciples that we read about in this passage from Matthew about this terror-filled world that they were in and that they did not need to let fear consume them, that they could turn their fears to God. They could, in essence, share their fears with God. We read this verse, so have no fear of them. For nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. So one method of conquering our fear is to give our fears a name and to, in essence, introduce them to God. I read a story this week of a mother who was uh, tucking her son into bed on the night of a thunderstorm. And she was just about to turn off the lights and the little boy said, Mother, would you, would you sleep with me? Would you sleep with me tonight? She turned off the lights and she went to his bed and she said, No, son, I can't sleep with you. Let's say our prayers, but I can't sleep with you tonight. I have to sleep with your daddy. There was a quiet before the prayer. And then the little boy said, Mommy, is daddy a big sissy? <laughs> you know, sometimes we have to name our fears. And, and sometimes we have to realize that those fears uh, take us to a place of inquiry. And sometimes they can take us to a place of hope. You know, there's a real tragedy of life 
that we're afraid of the light and we let the fears take us to a dark place and we, we never really can come out. Some of our fears are really just simple fright. But some of our fears stem from a pain in the past. Something that's an unmentionable that we really don't want to talk about. It's not the fear that is the unmentionable, but it's the thing that causes us to fear and causes us to stay in that dark place. Now, when I was going through seminary, there was a, a pastor or author named Frederick Beekner. He was an Episcopalian, uh, but he wrote a, a, a beautiful, usually, usually using metaphor, to get across theological concepts. And I remembered this week that he wrote a book on secrets. And so um, I mind that book a little bit. It's called Telling Secrets. And Beekner said this, our secrets may not be hid from God, but we do a good job of hiding them from other people and ourselves. And, and then it goes on in this book to uh, be quite uh, confessional and autobiographical, if you will. And he told a story that I had forgotten. He said, most of my life, I was not likely to admit the fact that my father drank himself into a self I could hardly recognize as my father every time he went to a party. My mother, when he came home, would always go into a rage and say such wild and scathing things to him that it made the very earth shake beneath my feet when I heard them. The pain of unspoken secrets, even to myself, haunted me through my days. And those who wish to come out of the dark may have to take their hands off their own eyes in order to see. Some of our fears are secrets from the past. Bring them into the light. I think that is exactly what Jesus is, is sharing with his disciples, his holy advice. Don't keep your fears in the dark. Bring them into the light. And we, of course, remember Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You know, it's possible to take this moment and, and use the energy that fear has created to develop a world that is really safe for all humanity. But sometimes I think that we are suspicious about our future and we're suspicious about how our fears can actually be transformed by God into something that's better. Faithing our fears starts with naming them and sharing them with God and then with others. The second thing I want to say this morning is that faith helps us to sort through our fears. For there are some of our fears that need to be named and some of our fears that actually can produce um, a, a positive outcome in our lives. We read just a minute ago the 28th verse that says this, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body. 
You see, fear kind of works two ways. Let me explain. On the one hand, fear can paralyze us. And on the other hand, fear can empower us. On the one hand, fear can kill the soul. It can take the very spirit out of us. And on the other hand, fear can thrill the soul. You know, there's something about our human nature that kind of likes to live on the edge that is, is in essence, uh, fed by fear. Now, some of us more than others, I'll note that our personalities are different. But how many of you like a roller coaster? You know, if you raised your hand, you don't like a roller coaster because it's safe and sane. There's something about a roller coaster that, 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 that you're so afraid of, but yet you have the courage enough to crawl in. And there's something about that thrill that combines the fear and the courage together that, well, some of us just like roller coasters. But we need to uh, sort through the bad aspects of fear to get to those good aspects of fear. There's something about humanity that really does um, or can, with God's help, get to a better place through our fears. You know, if you think about history, you, ha you have to think about, well, was it perhaps fear of the dark to some degree that led to the creation of electricity? Think about it. Well, was it perhaps fear of pain that prompted us to make these gigantic strides in healthcare and medicine? Is it the fearing of ignorance and all that that can lead to that actually was part of what bolsters our understanding of the importance of education? And, and I, I want us to think too of this. Would we dare to take the fear of terrorism or war and let it inspire us to work for a greater community in our world? Would we dare take the fear of people, of other races, and make for a world a deeper understanding of love? But for that matter, would, would we dare take an understanding of people who are just different than we are, who look different, who act different, who live differently, and allow God to take us to a place of greater acceptance and inclusion? Would we dare take the fear of a cyber invasion that stands to upend our democracy and find that as a unifying force where we come together and we stand for our country, for our nation. You, you can start thinking in terms of fears that we have, not just individual fears, but fears that we seem to have as a, a society, as a culture. And you can ask yourself, can this fear push us beyond just the paralyzation, paralyzing effect of the fear to a place where we can actually get to a, a better existence? Being afraid of nighttime is the right way for us to, to, to go forward to a daytime of light. And I want to say one, one more thing about how I think that this positive sorting 
of fears can have a positive impact on you and me. And that is that we can use that which frightens us to energize us and stretch our souls. Psalm, the 111th Psalm, the 10th verse says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What on earth does that mean? And all who follow God's precepts have good understanding. Now, the term fear of the Lord, or the phrase fear of the Lord, is used over and over and over and over in the Old Testament. And I think a lot of times we misunderstand what that fear is about, but it's exactly what I think we've been trying to deal with from the words of Jesus. It is not a be afraid of the Lord, be afraid of God. It is a fear that means a reverence, a respect, an acknowledgement of who God really is as one who is all-powerful, who is almighty, who is all-wonderful. And to have that kind of respect and awe of God that it seems sometimes we've lost. You know, I think oftentimes we have tamed God down so that we have lost that awe in God's presence. You know, someone said this, said, I seem to read about a different kind of God in the Bible than the one I see today A God who is both loving and absolutely wild. I love that. You ever thought of God of being wild? Loving and absolutely wild? That kind of turns me on. Okay. The biblical God is a bone-chilling, earth-shattering, gut-wrenching, knee-knocking, heart-stopping, life-altering Lord at whose coming someone needs to shout, fear not. You, you know, oftentimes when, when, when there's this presence of the holy, uh, a lot of times there's an angel involved in the Bible. And that angel announces, fear not. Because things are so unbelievably um, awesome and holy that there needs to be an accompanying statement, don't be afraid, don't run off. For God is here. And God is one to be reverenced and one to be respected. In that way, we fear God. You know, a few years ago, we were introduced to a chorus that uh, particularly in modern worship, it was sung a lot. But our God is an awesome God, you know it? He reigns with power and might, with wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. And you know, that, that, that chorus really became extremely popular, and I think it became popular because we acknowledged something about God, that perhaps we had tamed God so, and we needed to make a proclamation that our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above, With wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. The final thing I want to say this morning is that when we faith our fears, we need to surrender our fears to God. I love this this passage. 
Are there not two sparrows sold for a penny? I don't know how long has it been since you've bought a sparrow lately. Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Even the hairs on your head are counted. Now that's awesome. So be not afraid. You're special. You're of great worth to God. You are of so much more value than all the sparrows in the world. You know, people who first understood this, the ones whom Jesus was first speaking these words to, knew that the sacrifice to God of a sparrow was the sacrifice of the poorest of the poor. If you didn't have enough money to buy a dove, you could surely buy a sparrow. You surely couldn't buy a lamb, much less a steer, but the poor could buy a sparrow. And, and those who were rich would say a sparrow is worth nothing. But this scripture says that God even knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. And we know that song that God's eyes, his eyes on the sparrow and we know he watches us, watches over us. You know, I, I read a piece this past week in a journal. It's been around a long time called Weavings. And this was written by a man named Robert Morris, and I think that you'll, you'll, you'll notice pretty quickly why it spoke especially to me. Morris said, Here I was in bed when lightning struck my house. Suddenly it caught fire and I found myself standing in the yard barely dressed in a drenching rain watching firemen race through the attic as flames broke through the roof. In my soul there was a war between panic and peace. On the one hand I was wringing my hands saying, my God, we're about to lose everything that we've ever accumulated or accomplished in our lives. And on the other hand, there was assurance swirling in my soul saying, if we lose all that we have, then we shall be as we are now in the hands of a loving God. Standing there soaked to the skin, I felt naked and vulnerable in the dark, yet calm and assured that I was not alone. Today is the 12th of August. And one year ago, tonight, my parents' home burned to the ground. Now fortunately, they were with us. They were safe. So, so they missed out on that fear that we have all um, all their family has just uh, shuddered at the thought of what if they'd have been home. But they did um, have that deep-seated sadness as all of, of us had when we started to think about the things that were lost that could not be recovered. 
Now, now I don't doubt, even though my 80-year-old parents, 80-plus-year-old parents, have seemed to come through this year in a remarkable way. I haven't seen a lot of fear and anxiety, but you can just assure yourself that there's been those questions of, is there going to really be enough insurance money? Are things really going to be all right? And if they didn't have those fears, we did for them. But in a week or so, they're going to move into a brand new house right there where the old one stood. And my guess is that they're going to be thinking more of the blessings that have transpired in this year than they are about the loss that had occurred. They're going to be standing on scripture that they've stood on this whole year and their whole lives. Surely it is the God who saves us. Let us trust in him and not be afraid. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. There is no fear in love, because perfect love casts out all fear. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor mourning, nor crying, or pain, for the former things have passed away. Go forth this day, embracing a gospel that has us to see fear in a different light. A light that causes us to share our fears with God and those whom we trust. To sort through those fears properly. To allow God to help us name those fears through the truth of Scripture. And to surrender those fears to Him. May God help us turn our fears into blessings. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for inspirational worship at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church. We invite you to tune in each week at 930 on this great station. As always, we welcome you to worship with us in person each Sunday morning at 815, 930, or 11 a.m. We also invite you to our contemporary worship service that begins at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church. Again, we're located at the corner of Northwest Highway and Inwood Road, Dallas, Texas. Or you can call us at 214-691-4721. For more information about our church and service times, go to www.llumc.org. That web address again is www.llumc.org. We'll be looking for you in person at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church next week. And remember, all are welcome here at Lover's Lane.